Mom, you and Dad, didn't you go skiing for your honeymoon? Yeah. Mm -hmm. It was so much fun. But (laughs) I finally got there, but I missed my flight that I was supposed to go. Daddy was going to meet me there. And I just, you know, dawdled around and missed my flight. Oh, but you made it eventually. <laughs> I made it eventually. Did you did you ever get as like good enough to know terms like death cookie or French fry, like skiing skiing terms? No. Do you know what a yard sale is? Oh, I I have a hunch. It's when um, somebody uh, fell and left all kinds of scattered belongings down the hill. Clearly, your terms go way beyond just psychologist terms. And there's lots of great skiing metaphors for life. Do you feel? Do you feel confused? To doubt on your luck. You got a big life question. I feel kind of stuck. Maybe you could use an encouraging hug or an extra heaping dose of some motherly love. Well, I'd like to introduce you to my mama bee. She's a therapist with a PhD. Prepare yourself to feel a lot more calm, cause it's time for advice from mom. So, Mom, before we get started with this week's question, I I wanted to play something for you. Oh, okay. It's like a short little clip. I'd love to hear it. It's actually a clip of a conversation I had the other day about skiing. Okay. Clearly, that's what I always talk about. No. Uh, Skiing slash life. Mm -hmm. And this woman owns one of my favorite restaurants in all of San Francisco. Her name is Kavita Raghavan, and her restaurant is called Indian Paradox. Indian Paradox. A cool restaurant name, huh? Even cooler food. Actually, the this little clip is recorded in that restaurant. It's like uh, I once I come. I originally come from India, and I never knew how to ski because I come from a very hot part of the world. But I, when I went to learn skiing here in the United States, one of the lessons that I was taught was, "Hey, anytime you're afraid, fall forward." Right? But that just made no sense because I was like, no, I'm afraid to fall. Why would I bend forward? I, You always try to seek balance. You try to go back. But every time I did that, I fell flat on my back. I was so sore. It, it's adorable little vignette um, because the paradox is that she's told to do something that runs against every ounce of her natural inclinations. So that's always a paradox. Mm-hmm. It's like a, a double bind because that's not what your inner voice is telling you to do. It's telling you like, fall backward. I need some security. And, uh, and that, that will not work. Right. It's like you have to do something scary to actually do it safely. Ah, you have... Brought it full circle, haven't you? Yes. In case any of our listeners were scared that over winter break, I decided to reposition this as skiing advice for mom. Never fear. We've got a really great letter today that explores something else that feels dangerous and needs to be done in the smartest way possible. Today we explore how you can quit your job well. Mm-hmm. High risk. High risk. But could be high reward, assuming that next job or that freedom tastes so sweet. Yes. So 
today's letter about how to quit a job well is especially important because my generation is posed to quit a lot of jobs uh, in the sense that our careers are not like the older generations. I mean, I know like dad basically worked at the same job for 25 years. Yeah, I think more than that. But uh, a lot of the millennials or post-millennials as we are coming up into the job market are uh, they're quitting jobs every two to three years. So like this advice might come in handy for a lot of people. Yes. And you probably know this, the the older generation, the baby boomers and stuff are like mystified by how that could be, you know, the right thing to do. Just can't wrap their mind around it for the most part. I mean, it's basically like today's version of yesterday's, what's with this rock and roll music? (laughs) Right. What's with all this job quitting? (laughs) Before we hit the slopes for this episode, remember that this podcast is for informational purposes only. It's not intended to offer diagnosis or treatment for any medical or psychological condition. All treatment decisions should be made in partnership with your health professional. All right, here's today's question. Dear Mama B, how do you leave your job with respect, grace, and a feeling of success for the time you spent there? I've been at my job for over five years. I've loved it for most of the time, but in the past year or so, I've seen the seams, the ways that things could have worked better, the limitations of growth, the lack of financial security, and the limited opportunity here. I've waited for things to change, for my desires to change, for my personal needs to be met elsewhere, but those things haven't changed. So I need to leave this job, and I know that. It's sad and it's hard to do because I love this place so emphatically, and I still love most of the people here. I truly appreciate the opportunities I've had here and the mission of this work but I have definitely fallen out of love with this job. How do I announce my exit in a way that matches those good feelings and the good places I aim to go with my career after this? Signed, Architecting an Artful Exit. Well, Architecting an Artful Exit, I can tell you are being exceptionally thoughtful about this really big step. So I'm excited to get some advice for you from one of the most thoughtful ladies I know, my mom, a psychologist and family therapist, Dr. Mama B, PhD. Hello, Artful Exeter. Yes, thank you for your question. And uh, goodbyes are often so hard, or at least they're bittersweet. And it's normal to have the mixed feelings that you're talking about. And wanting to leave your job with grace and respect is quite a lofty goal. And also, I would say, a mentally healthy thing to do. Because I believe we all need to find ways to keep growing. Even when we're in a kind of a static environment. So I made a list of a few of the positive aspects of your current situation. Maybe things you've thought of, maybe not. 
clearly a, a five-year job experience is going to look wonderful on your resume. And, you know, also you're, you're smart to accept that the system will not change. You have the power to change, but the system probably will not change. So in a way, I think you've already done the work of artful exiting. You've done that by your sincere five years plus of working there. And I you know, say, ask yourself, was I kind and open-minded in dealing with my coworkers? I could probably answer for you. I think the answer is probably very much a yes. So um, leaving gracefully, of course, will give you a positive outlook in your next endeavor. It kind of gives you a fresh start. But some words of caution, even if you had a good working relationship with your boss and your coworkers while you worked there or are working there, some people do get irritated or angry with you when you leave. Uh, maybe because you're disrupting the status quo and because others think you're going to a better place and they want to go to a better place too, but they might not have the courage or the strength to make a change like you're doing. So I'm just going to give you a couple of ideas about how to smooth that transition, that exiting. So for yourself, list the things you've learned from the challenges of the job. I'm very fond, as you probably could guess, I'm very fond of paper and pencil exercises. Uh, just to eyeball, gee, yeah, that that I actually forgot about that, but that's I definitely did that, or I definitely handled that challenge. Be grateful to whoever helped you during that five-year job experience. If you put that positive spin on it in your own mind, then probably so will your coworkers. And let your coworkers know what you appreciated in them during all those years working together and stay in touch with them if that is a feasible idea. Even though you didn't mention it in your question, I'm hoping you've planned the next phase of your life. Uh, if you're not going to a job that you've already kind of planned out, maybe you'll be able to take some nice time off and have some me time. I would say it's very well-deserved. And finally, it's, of course, always very good to practice endings. Throughout life, uh, you'll have other endings, and some of them will be much more dramatic than this one. And uh, it is part of life. So, Rebecca, I believe that the ball is now in your court. That could only be the sound of one thing. It's time for mother-daughter pickleball. If this happens to be your first episode of Advice for Mom, you should know that mother-daughter pickleball will not hurt you. It's the part of the show where I ask my mom a few questions about the advice she just served up. And, like a good daughter, sometimes I've got to give her a hard time. And why do we call it pickleball, you ask? In honor of my mama's favorite sport. 
So, Mama, first pickleball coming at you. Mm-hmm. I really liked what you said at the very end of your advice. Um, but what what do you mean when you say practice endings? If you think of it in kind of um, the big picture, sometimes it's a little hard to, you know, move away from something that has been fun or nice. And so endings are everywhere in our lives. Certainly people lose jobs. I heard of a story in Philadelphia many years ago um, at a big, uh, it was a computer uh, company, and hundreds of people were told, take everything that is yours, put it in this garbage bag, and leave immediately. And that's how they were let go. And, you know, they were pretty traumatized by it. Do you feel like if people practice endings that are under their control, that they will do better in situations where they have traumatic endings? Yeah. In general, I think um, once we really come into a place where we're deciding kind of on purpose about something, it it seems to add a great deal of, um, I don't know, quality or validity or closure or whatever it happens to be that enhances that person's experience. So again, make a conscious decision to do this or that. Uh, Take responsibility. That gets at, at a point that you kind of hint at of just don't let the job situation or the relationship or whatever the situation is get so bad where it forces you out. <laughs> and it's excruciating. Looking at job situations, I think it is kind of easy for people to slip, slip in quality that they give as an employee. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's almost like, well, I don't like this job anyways. If I get fired, I could care less. And the idea of actively looking for a new job that you'll like better and then gracefully exiting the job you have is like a much bigger mm-hmm. mountain to climb. But is I think that's why it's great that you call out the mental healthiness of this activity. Well, I hope. That's the point. You know, let's uh, protect ourselves from those um, negative feelings and negative experiences. And Yeah. Um, okay, so practice endings. Just... A fun idea, since we clearly both love songs, and I know you know a song about practicing. Oh, oh, truly was my favorite song back when you were a child. Mm-hmm. You want? I suppose you want me to sing it along with you, right? I mean, you can you can have the floor. I mean, I get enough singing opportunities. If you want to have the floor for this one, it's all yours. Well, let's see if we can't coordinate our voices. Okay, practice. Practice, 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 do it again, do it again, over, over and, and over, till <laughs> you. Are you trying on purpose? No, to- no, no, no. I know, I know. It seems like I'm doing some sort of pickleball stunt, but <laughs> how about you lead and I'll follow? Okay. Practice, practice, do it again, over and over till you get it. Practice, practice. Just do it again. Good news, folks. Over this and- song goes on forever. <laughs> <laughs> and the little uh, vignette from um, Sesame Street, the vignette that went along with that was so adorable. Mm-hmm. 
It's what you would sing to me while you were trying to force me into making me into a tiny little Itzhak Perlman on the violin. (laughs) So I wanted to dig into this, how do I announce my exit that matches the good feelings and the good places I aim to go with my career after this. Mm -hmm. I want to leave this listener with some practical advice. I do too, yes. And you called out, we don't actually know if this listener has something planned for the future. They, they All we know is they want to go to good places, which good on you going to good places. Mm-hmm. But I will say, even if it is not solidified, having that as something you can say, because the conversation is not just going to happen once, it's probably going to happen with almost every co- coworker who cares about you. Mm-hmm. And the why is not going to be very easy if you have to talk about your emotions because Mm -hmm. no matter how positive you're staying, there's going to be, I'm sure in five years of working and you saying that you fell out of love with the job, there's going to be some resentment that bubbles up. If you can say something about like, oh, I'm doing this for the next six months or something like that. Have your story clear. Yes. Why am I doing this? Less is better. You don't have to go into any detail You just want to get the ideas across and have your story clear. It is maybe more common in my generation that people feel, well, we've even, we've talked about this on the show of like bringing your whole self to work. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I actually want to say, and I want you to respond, Mm -hmm. but I don't think that you should bring your whole self to your exiting of work, Mm -hmm. to your quitting of your job. Mm -hmm. I think that's actually a time when it is a little bit better to be guarded, because mm-hmm. like you mm-hmm. said, mom, you don't know who's going to hear the news and feel resentful, who's going to feel left behind, mm-hmm. how they're going to respond to you. People mm-hmm. who might have been very like jovial towards you are now upset that you're mm-hmm. you're making this move and, and they might take it personally. Like There might be a lot of negative emotions that come up, yeah. and you need to almost fortify yourself. Right. Protect yourself, yes. And maybe even do a little exercise of just like, what will people possibly say? What is kind of the worst thing? Absolutely. I like that. Okay. So for further fortification, this would not be an episode of Advice for Mom if we didn't get a second opinion. Ain't that the truth, Mama? (laughs) True, true, true. Coming right at you after this brief and well-scented commercial break. Doing good and feeling good should be an everyday thing Just like putting on deodorant But what if your deodorant was naturally effective Looking as good as it smells Well, I'm telling you this dream deodorant, it does exist In fact, I am wearing it right now Miro, I said Miro, I said Miro, I said Miro Miro made my pit smell the best Hardworking, long-lasting, nothing that is toxic Aren't you just obsessed? Yes! No aluminum, no parabens, clinically tested For safety and success Miro, I said Miro, I said Miro, I said Miro Miro will make your pit smell the best Miro makes a natural deodorant with a custom blend of essential oils that releases over time to keep you fresh, and a barley extract that keeps you dry. You'll never guess what scent I'm donning while I jingle craft. Solar Flare! Bet you didn't see that one coming. 
Get 50% off your first order and get started today for just $5. Visit MyMiro.com slash Pickleball and use the promo code Pickleball. That's M-Y-M-Y-R-O dot com slash Pickleball for 50% off your first order with the promo code Pickleball. Uh, So today's second opinion comes from a creative career advice podcast celebrity. Ooh, all of that. All the things, you know, creative careers, check, awesome, advice podcast, check, celebrity, tell me more. Absolutely right. You took the words out of my mouth. (laughs) Well, this celeb is named Kathleen Shannon, and she is one half of the duo behind the wildly popular podcast, being boss. Wow. They actually don't say it like that. They just say being boss, like like bosses actually do, respectably. So it's B-E-I-N-G. Mm-hmm. It's getting written in the notebook, being boss. It is, because you know I'm going to check it out. Oh, you're so excited to check it out. Mom is always learning about new podcasts by making a podcast. Yeah. So this podcast offers career coaching to creative professionals. And I thought you'd like this, Mom, because every episode digs into an actionable, practical steps for accomplishing work goals. That's going to be possibly another podcast that I'm going to be recommending to my clients. Mm -hmm. They've also, she and her partner in the podcast have also written a book by the same name, which has a great subtitle. So it's Being Boss, Take Control of Your Work and Live Life on Your Own Terms. (laughs) Also, they don't actually say it like that. They say it like normal humans reading Amazon titles. But, you know, it's me. On your own terms. Mm -hmm. And here's here's a thing that actually Juliet and I have some, um, we have a little bet riding on what your response is going to be to this next statement. Okay. So Kathleen, our guest today, is Juliet's neighbor in Michigan. Oh, how cool. Is that your official response? Oh, oh, how cool. I'm not good at mind reading today, sweetie. No, no. I was trying to read your mind because I thought you would say, oh, you and Juliet, you just know the most amazing people. Well, that's true. You want to know what Juliet thought you'd say? What? <gasps> that's adorable. Oh, yeah. That, I've... But you already said that in this episode. So I know how you're, you ration your that's adorables. That's right. I try to be have a little versatility. You've taught me that. <laughs> Okay, without further further ado, because we've given this much ado, here is Kathleen Shannon. Hey, Artful Exit. I loved and resonated with your letter so much, I wrote you one back. So I'm going to read it to you now. First, the fact that you're so concerned with leaving this job on good terms, it says so much about you. It really sounds like you loved your job and it sounds like it's time for a change. And I can truly relate to your letter. I was at an advertising agency for five years and on paper, it looked amazing. I was a senior art director. I was winning a ton of awards. I had some really cool client projects and I worked with some really great people. And also like you, I had this sense that my own potential and desires and needs and ambitions, they couldn't be fully expressed or realized in the job I was at. I actually left my advertising agency to work for myself. And since then, over the past eight years, I've built my own agency and businesses with employees of my own. And this is to say, I've been on both sides. I've been the employee leaving a company that I loved, and I've been the boss that's been sad to see employees go. 
but back to you. It's scary not to know what's next. And I've seen people stay in a job or relationship for far too long just because it's familiar. So again, high five and kudos to you for recognizing that this job is no longer a good fit. So your question was, how do you leave your job with grace, respect, and a feeling of success for the time that you spent there? I found in myself and among my friends that when we need to make a change, that in order to justify that change, we'll start vilifying whatever is keeping us from what we want. And you might be tempted to do that with this job. You're probably wanting to find all the things that are wrong with it. And the closer you get to putting in your notice that you're leaving, the more you'll begin to observe everything that is terrible about the place where you worked a rude client, a passive aggressive email, your boss's dumb haircut, the way your coworker clears her throat. Now, artful exit, I want you to know that seeing everything that's wrong with your job is totally normal. Your brain is going to want to go there. In fact, I kind of think of that scene from Half Baked where that kid working at a fast food restaurant quits his job by getting on the PA and he's like, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, you're cool, fuck you, I'm out. And maybe you don't get that reference. It's on YouTube. But you might want to burn the place to the ground on your last day and tell your boss to fuck off. Don't do that. Here's the other thing. Before I get into the logistics of making your artful exit, I really want you to know nothing is permanent. Everything is always changing. Your needs, your desires, your ambitions, your goals. And with that, you'll have to make changes to your environment to reflect that evolution. And this isn't a bad thing. I also want you to know that it's okay to mourn your job, to acknowledge and respect what it added to your life. It wasn't a waste of time. It was an experience. And now it's time for a new experience. Making the transition, it might be a little sad and hard, and that's okay too. Sad and hard doesn't mean that you're making the wrong choice. All right, so now that we've got all of that down, let's dig into some logistics because I've got some steps that might help you make this transition. First, I want you to make a list of everything that you've accomplished and everything you've learned while working this job. And I literally want you to put pen to paper. This is going to shine a light on all the good things and have you operating from a place of appreciation. Second, I want you to make a list of everything you want out of your next career move. Think about how you literally want to be spending your days and the kind of work that you want to be doing. And maybe you already have some prospects lined up. And I will say that when you have a new opportunity waiting for you, it makes leaving so much easier. So if you're not already putting out feelers or digging into what's next, I would start doing that. All right, now it's time for the hard part, the actual quitting. So what I really want you to know is that this is just business. Now, I do believe that business is personal. When we spend eight hours a day in an office, we develop real relationships with our coworkers and our clients. We feel real feelings like pride, success, intimacy, happiness, stress, failure, and disappointment on a very personal level at our jobs. Yet, it's still business. So your employer may feel sad to see someone like you go, but they also know that this is business. People come and people go. All right, now you need to make a plan. Start by deciding on your last day and back up two weeks from there. Request a meeting with your boss for that date. Now, I think two weeks is a good amount of time and it is a standard formality. 
and you might want to give it more time than this. And that might even be appropriate depending on your position in the company. But even then, be careful not to drag it out for both you and your employer. All right, now leading up to the actual quitting meeting, I want you to practice the opening line of your meeting. You can go with the flow after that, but if you have your first couple of lines memorized, it's going to go so much more smoothly. So it might be something like, boss, I've called this meeting today to turn in my two weeks notice. I'm so thankful for my time at this company and everything I have learned here. And then you go from there. And so a few more tips whenever it comes to having this talk, which is probably the part of this situation that's giving you the most anxiety. It would certainly give me the most anxiety. But so here are a few tips. I have a really hard time not getting emotional in conversations like this. And I found that the more clear I am on what I loved about the job and what I want next for myself, the less kind of blubbery I get. Next, consider the variables that could be thrown your way. Like what if they offer to change your role or give you a raise? I will say that if you are quitting, you need to quit no matter the counter offer. And if you're open to an offer that would allow you to stay, then this conversation needs to be around that and not around leaving your job. So just to say, be committed to quitting. Also think about the worst case scenario. If your boss is mean or harsh, don't take it personal. They are freaking out and it has nothing to do with you. Stay centered, stay calm, and take the high road. Also, after you've said what you need to say, you don't need to fill the space with more words. Your boss might need a second to process. And on the flip side, if your boss asks you any questions you can't answer, write them down. So be sure to take a pen and a notebook into this meeting. Write them down and tell your boss that you'll need more time to think about your response. And finally, and this is very important, I wouldn't point out all the flaws with the company when you're quitting. Position any sort of feedback with what it is that you want. So for example, if your boss asks why you're quitting, you might say something like, I'm really wanting to grow in this new direction or in this new way, or I have an opportunity to work at a new company and I like how they're more focused on this thing that I'm interested in. And at the end of your meeting, be sure to ask your boss what the logistical next steps are whenever it comes to your final paycheck, your 401k, your benefits, and what you need to do next. If they have an HR person, they should be able to help you. And then I would say you can end your meeting by offering up your help in interviewing and onboarding new candidates for your position or documenting all of your processes and organizing your files before you leave. All right, so a little bit more to making an artful exit. I would also recommend writing a thank you note to every single person you work and regularly interact with. Be sure to include everything that you love about them and maybe quietly leave it on their desk on your last day. You might even do this for the people you don't love, but don't be insincere. If it's someone you don't love, just keep it simple and professional. For those you adore, be sure to let them know it. Now, Artful Exit, no matter how this goes down, the anticipation leading up to this is the hardest part. As long as you take the high road and stay true to your integrity and your vision for what's next, you're going to do great. Boom. How do you like that advice, mom? (laughs) I love how you dug into this emotional fortification aspect and then Kathleen really laid out how to walk into the office and make it happen. Well... Kathleen, you and I, we think along the same lines because I love the fact that you just gave an exercise 
paper and pencil exercise? Yes. <laughs> I had a feeling that this advice would be a match made in pod heaven. We will definitely link to Kathleen's podcast and book and all of her being boss resources in our show notes. Good girl. Mm -hmm. So we thought this question would be especially fitting because today, uh, even though we're not exactly quitting our jobs, we do have our own tough news to break in this episode as well. And you know how hard it is to break tough news. You know, it feels very bittersweet. Yeah. So in the spirit of all this advice on ending things with intention and purpose, we wanted to let you, our dear listeners, know that this is the penultimate episode of our show. Next week, we'll in fact be releasing the final episode of Advice from Mom. Yes, yes. And um, would you say, Mom, it's going to be a grand finale? I would you would you define grand finale <laughs> for me? Filled with the grandeur of emotion. It, to the extent that I feel comfortable getting real emotional on a podcast like this, um, I will definitely do that. Wait, a podcast like this? Have you been saving your emotions for a different podcast, Mom? Are you not sharing completely with our audience? Correct. <laughs> this is when we like to introduce Mom's other podcast called Cry Nonstop Unlimited. No, it's just um, I learned a long time ago, uh, partly from Rebecca, that putting a positive spin on things is always good, is always helpful. And so that's where my head is. Yeah, I mean, that's how I got the title of Queen of the Positive Reframe. I don't, I don't know who calls you that, but I, I sure you. would endorse it. You. Oh, well, there you go. So I'm going to underline my own idea. Um, so, Mom, if you won't say it, I will. I can assure listeners that this will be a grand finale. Yeah, well, you know. If the Oprah Network wants, us, wants to take us on, we're ready. Do you want me to sing Beautiful Dreamer again? <laughs> no, I think we captured that. Um, so we'll get into the why and what's next for us in the coming episode, which is coming out just next week in a super special grand finale of Advice from Mom. Any other teasers you want to leave our dear listeners with about the finale, Mom? Um, you should imagine fireworks and a big celebration. And you've actually got a surprise for me, right? I think, I think what we're having is trouble saying goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, golly. So until next time, thanks for listening. A special thank you goes out to Kavita Raghavan and Kathleen Shannon for being part of this episode. Advice for Mom is a production of Wise Ones Advice Services. It's produced by Juliet Heinley and me, Rebecca Garza-Bortman. Editing by Juliet Heinley. Mixing and mastering by Jake Young. Audio assistance by Brian Garza. And our theme music is by my band, Love Jerks. We are playing a very exciting show coming up, February 14th. You know what that means. A great day to be a jerk in love. Valentine's Day party at the rickshaw stop in San Francisco. Get your tickets. But anyway, I'm, I'm looking forward to even just doing things like uh, spending more time sorting out my jewelry. <laughs> which is Mom, that makes it sound like you are one rich lady. You must have so much jewelry. And I have a lot of one earrings, you know. <laughs> yes. See? Another another project. <laughs>